Welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name's Keith Farrell. I'm joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, none other than the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, everybody. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Also in the building with beautiful, handmade Wookiee artwork behind him. As always, the Majestic Beast, former Division One tight end, Nicholas Kronk, the big sticky Wookiees in the building. What's up, Nick? How's everybody doing? Good. And you know, we also have the number one high school football coach in the nation here, Samuel Hare, fresh off the heels of a tremendously successful wedding, Sammy. That was great. I want to ask you how married life is. How is the honeymoon? Is everything still going well? A weekend. What's up, everybody? Yeah, everything's great, man. Nothing like a good, relaxing time with keys. Plus, they have like iguana warning signs that apparently they fall out of palm trees like it's rain and hail, except animals <laughs> come on your face. Uh, they got roosters all over the place. It was a dope time. Married life is great so far. All right, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. I had a great time at your wedding. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for giving us that update from the shores last week of the Florida Keys. That was very nice of you to do. Don't forget, we also have the Jamal Adams interview coming up today much anticipated interview with senor hot off the presses everybody we'll get to that in a minute let's go through this jet stuff let's go through everything else first today there was a three hour span this morning guys where me my friends my cousin sammy mike five different chats that i'm in we're losing their minds with the thoughts of tyreek hill becoming a new york jet didn't work out that way we saw what happened here with this trade to the dolphins guys five picks traded away by the dolphins to get tyreek hill we know he's a, d- a difference maker a playmaker one of the best receivers in the entire nfl four years 120 million dollar contract that's 30 million bucks for this season on the books is about 15 percent of the salary cap this year so it's a lot of money they gave him we were in the in the mix though which was a surprise when I saw that come across the ticker this morning. Jets, Dolphins, Mike's messaging me, Sammy's messaging me. Um, Man, we came real close, Michael. I know you were a fan of the Jets, if it was possible, going out and grabbing a Devontae Adams and giving him whatever money they needed to do to get him. Would you also have been okay with the Jets giving that same amount of money here to a Tyreek Hill, different type of receiver, just as effective? What would you What would you say if they went out and we saw what the compensation would have been? It wouldn't have been too crazy, Mike. And you can get into that too, what Joe Douglas was going to send over there. But would you have been okay with the money aspect, Mike, if they were able to land a Tyreek Hill? I think I would have been fine with the money. Again, we always talked about this being an investment in Zach Wilson. Um, If this trade had gone through, it kind of shows you where Joe Douglas' head is. He essentially would have kept 
pick four and ten and would have been able to bring along Tyreek Hill, giving up some second round compensation and some back end draft capital. Um, that would have been a heist, in my opinion. But the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs accepted the trade shows you that Joe Douglas will not be taken advantage of. One and two, it shows you that Joe, where Joe Douglas's head is. He is trying to upgrade this wide receiving core. And look, let's just not be crazy. We know the New York Jets aren't competing for a Super Bowl at this point. And again, I would have been okay with the money because I felt the value at that position to make sure and give Zach Wilson the best chance on growth would have been worth it. But even though we did not get him and he ended up going to Miami, um, I still think that we just stay the course. We have the draft capital. We have the money and leverage going into next year. Um, we, I know we're going to get into that as far as the dead money that we have and what it's looking like for 2022 and 2023 from a, um, a money perspective, budget perspective. But yeah, it is what it is. It happened really quickly and it came across that he went over to uh, Miami and uh, subsequently uh, all the uh, gifts started piling up on Twitter. Oh yeah, I mean you we were having fun with that today. There was a lot of great ones. Most of them most of them revolved around the throwing prowess and the strength of the arm of Wuka, the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins guys. I know Wookie, you've always been a huge fan of him and his style of play and his effectiveness on the field. How do you think the drop off from Mahomes to Tua is going to affect one Tyreek Hill? I like I said today, I'm predicting he's going to have a terrible year and by the end of the season he's going to want to punch in the face, it's gonna be it's gonna be like a Gino, like a Geno Smith thing in in, in the locker room. And you know what? Decked. I'm mean, that would be true. I mean, if an Antonio Brown situation breaks loose, I'd love that. And I want to oh get into one God. other aspect of this Tyreek's rumors. And then we did get him. I know it didn't work out. This wasn't one of those things. We weren't courting him. This just popped up out of nowhere and it went away. And we're still in a spot at least now, like we were before, with plenty of versatility, plenty of options we can go in the draft. Sammy, what did you think though? I know you were stoked thinking about Tyreek Hill. I know he's a difference maker, a tremendous playmaker. Um, he's going to the Dolphins there, going to a division rival. That's tough. What Do you think it came down with him to just the location, maybe some monetary reasons? Because I can't think it's because he wants to play with that quarterback over Zach Wilson. I'm not saying Zach Wilson's tremendous, but neither is, you know, uh, Tua down there in Miami. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to turn down being the highest paid receiver in the history of the NFL too. Right. Um, I think he also probably thinks it'll be fun to play with a guy like Jalen Waddle uh, on that offense. But I don't see, I mean, basically what I, I picture it is Miami saying, Tua, this is your last chance. We've literally given you all the talent in the world. If you don't perform, you're out. Um, it sucks that we didn't get Tyreek. I think it shows how badly Joe Douglas does want a veteran receiver presence in that locker room for sure. I wouldn't su be surprised if on draft day he trades a second round pick or something like that to get a DK um, and takes another rookie. I wouldn't be surprised if he adds depth there um, because I don't foresee him taking London at four like our boy Mel Kuyper has it. Um, I just think that's a waste of a pick. So we'll kind of we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, yeah, you know, can't get your hopes up too much as a Jet fan sometimes. <laughs> you, really, you want to, right? Yeah, I mean, I kept myself grounded at all moments. I know, I know how this brutal game is. That seemed a little too good to be true. The price tag was just mind-boggling. I know 
The picks matter in the NFL, but they wouldn't even have given up a first-round pick potentially and been able to get Tyree Kill. That's hard to wrap your mind around. Now, getting back to this mock draft here, guys, when it comes to Mel Kuyper. I know he always puts out these mocks, not very accurate. Still gets to every single year. He, apparently, he's the expert. I don't understand how that works. Great um, hair. Tremendous hair. Tremendous but, hair. Yeah, I mean, like, aside from politicians, who gets to be wrong this often and just continue working? I have no idea. But I will say this. Weather, he, weather people, Keith. Weather yeah, maybe people. the weatherman. That's, that's a good call. Um, he has the safety from Notre Dame going number two to the Lions, which is interesting. I haven't seen that. And then at four, he has the big receiver, London, coming to the Jets. Get in that playmaker. He thinks he's the best receiver in the draft. Then Sauce coming to the Jets at 10. I don't think anyone would be too upset with that, but Mike, if the Jets don't go defensive end at four, be honest, and they take receiver at four, even though I know they weren't on Tyreek Hill, obviously they want to get playmakers for Zach, but just looking at the squad we have right now and the needs we have and the teams that are successful in the NFL here, um, would you be surprised if they pass on a D end at four and go wide receiver? I mean, it just depends. I don't really know where Joe Douglas and the whole coaching and GM, uh, the staff really value all these players at this point. I would think that they were going to be going edge. Um, but if one of their players is gone at four and they think that the best value is uh, taking a sauce or a receiver at four, then <clears throat> that's really where their heads are. And I'm not really sure exactly. But in my opinion, we go grab edge at four. Um, there's a couple of different uh, prospects there. I do think that Thibodeau is going to be uh, available. But and it's, you know, part of me, I hope we get Sauce Gardner. I do. But part of me feels like Joe Douglas is not going to invest a first round pick in a cornerback. It's just the approach that I've seen him take since he's been here. Um, I don't think he really values corner like that. I mean, I would, but I think he's going to essentially let, you know, I know they're not as high on Bryce Hall as you and I and the fans are. Um, no. I think I think that they see him as they see um, Eccles and, uh, you know, Isaiah Dunn battling it out really for that second spot. So I wouldn't be surprised if they went and drafted a cornerback in the second, third round. Um, I would like them to take sauce, but, you know, I, I don't know. I hope they take edge. That's the, to me, the pick we need to, that's where we need to go. That's the biggest impact that we'll have uh, right off the bat to help this team. And um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that'd be the most impactful move because there is a lot of good receivers you can snag still in the second round. And you have a Davis, you have an Elijah Moore, you have Berrios coming back, and now you got the two tight end weapons. They don't necessarily need to go draft just with the fourth pick a monster. Maybe even at 10, they grab a guy. But if they go to defense with the top two picks, I think it makes sense. Guys, they were the worst defense in the league last year. Historically bad, even by Jet standards, as we've said many times. So going defense at the top, I don't think is going to surprise anyone. But they do go wide receiver that high. I'd be surprised. Now, this week in the NFL, I want to say that the smoke's clearing here from free agency. And when you look at the squad, the Jets still have an okay amount of cap room. They're right under $20 million. So they kept themselves with some, some cap flexibility. You look moving forward, guys, the Jets right now have the least dead cap money in the entire NFL. 
So Doug Douglas has been very smart with these contracts he's handed out and the guys he's traded away. If you look at the potential cap in 2023, could be 225 million. 2023, uh, 2000, 2024, it could be 256 million, which right now we, we only have about 120 million on the books for that year. So that's plenty of money they have for that year also. Joe Douglas very smart with the money. And I want to say, Mike, when Joe D came in, you know, his mantra was to fix the offensive line. And I mentioned last week how from 2019 to now, how he's been able to do that. And if you look, when he came in, guys, 2019, you know, he kind of got he kind of got hamstrung because he came in after basically they did the draft in free agency, which is a great way to great way to do business, Jets. Um, but our offensive line that year, and Mike, don't cringe. We, we all we all try to block this out. Kelvin Beecham, Alex Lewis, Jonathan Harrison, Brian Winters, and Brandon Shell. Guys, that was the Jets' offensive line in 2019. I don't know where any of those guys are playing right now. Possib Crazy. Possibly, they're getting ready for the XFL that's lining back up in the, in the summertime. I have no idea. But in 2020, now his mantra was he wanted to fix the line. I just want to point out to everyone what Joe D has been able to do in these three years. Because I think Jet fans have been patient. And when it comes to the offensive line, in the three years, what it took to form this line that we have now, 2020, he adds Becton in the draft, he signs Font, and he brings in Montgomery. That's three of our starters potentially next year on the line. He signed him a couple years ago. Font had to take a minute to come into fruition, but he's a great player. Um, last year, we know he drafted ABT. This year, they signed Tomlinson. So it took three years, Mike, but Joe Douglas did follow through on his promise. One, Mike, of being responsible fiscally with, with the cap, because you remember where, when he took over the team, we were in cap hell. And then two, Mike, Filling that line out like he said he would, regardless of who the quarterback is. We know he drafted a guy high last year, but you need to have a good line to win. Joe Douglas followed through on what he said, Mike, filling the lineup little by little, building the foundations of the team. And I know we've been patient. He's in year four of six, kind of put up or shut up time. But I have to say, Mike, the past two years especially, I think Joe Douglas has put the Jets in the best position to be good of anyone maybe in the past decade, any of these GMs, any of these front office people. 100%. And again, he believes building in by the trenches. That's why I was I was saying, I don't know if he's going to take a guy like Sauce because I think he's going to go offensive line or defensive line with those two picks. And I know Jet fans will flip out if he takes a defensive tackle. But guys, I mean, this is what he believes in. This is what he believes the value is. And he's absolutely correct. Now I will let me just say this also from a fiscal being him be, that being that he's fiscal he understands the plan that he's doing, you know if you take a money and you allocate it to resources that are supposed to elevate you to get to the next level, but your foundation is faulty, then you're going to set yourself back big time because all your money is going to be loaded into these, uh, uh, you know into these engines if you will and you don't have a captain to captain to pass the ship right so honestly um i would like i said i wanted to get uh tyree killed because i wanted you know zach wilson to get better but the truth is we got to know what zach wilson is and i think that joe douglas has been fiscally responsible so that we can evaluate zach this year correctly and if we know that zach is going to be the guy then you pull the trigger because look at the Dolphins. They just did this because they're putting all their money on Tua. Guys, mm -hmm. if Tua hits the bed and he is not able to um, get this thing moving, the Dolphins are in trouble. The Dolphins are in trouble. They're in big trouble. Okay. Because they just built all this stuff around a quarterback 
that ain't going to take them anywhere. I said the same thing about Devontae Adams going to the Raiders. If Carr can't get them to over the hump, guys, they're finished. Yeah. This is the way. So you see, you guys see what I'm saying? So we would have got Tyreek, but the thing is we had enough flex flexibility. We could still kind of pivot there. We wouldn't have been locked up, right? Our resources aren't fully allocated out yet. But once Joe Douglas sees this, I guarantee you next year, if we are like seven and nine or showing a lot of signs that we're on the way up, Joe Douglas is going to pull the trigger and start throwing a whole ton of money into this team because he knows that foundation is solid. Yeah. You're right. You know, imagine this week, say the Jets had, he went to the Dolphins, which sucks. Um, but say that we were able to cap this week off with Tyree Kill coming to the Jets. You look at the landscape of the NFL and how it's changed in the past couple weeks. Um, and our buddy messaged all of us this today. Shout out to the good doctor, Dr. McKeel out there. Now this week, Tyree Kill got traded. Russell Wilson got traded. Devontae Adams got traded. Deshaun Watson got traded. Brady unretired. Rodgers came back. Von Miller got $120 million to go to Buffalo. Wentz got traded. Matt got traded. Cooper got traded. Matt Ryan got traded. Julio Jones got cut. And Baker's still looking for a squad. That's... Can you even... Guys, the NFL just never stops. And that's why... I know that we didn't get Tyree Kill, but it just seems like the past two weeks have been crazier than ever. So, I don't think... We don't, this maybe hasn't stopped yet. This run in the NFL of guys moving around the cat, like we said, next year is going to be more than this year. People want more money. So, I mean, this has been, this has been just a wild week guys. And the smoke's kind of clearing here. I do think we ended up with a better team, a better roster, obviously after free agency, we're going to head into the draft here with high hopes. We talked about Mel Kuyper's mock either way at four or 10. I think you can't really go wrong. And we kind of touched on it last week, Mike, the past two seasons, especially if you just look at the past two years, where it seems like Joe Douglas has been able to do his most work on the roster itself. Carl Austin, Corey Davis, Tevin Coleman, they signed LaMarcus Joyner, they signed Rankins, and then this year we have all these free agents we went over last week, Tomlinson, DJ Reed, Whitehead, um, Uzma, Conklin, Martin. They drafted Wilson Carter, Elijah Moore, Elijah Vera Tucker, and Eccles. That's a lot of players in a couple years, and we have coming up in the draft nine draft picks, everybody. These nine draft picks are all in the top five rounds. I mean, they have a chance to add, say they had five or six studs there. They just, half the roster got turned over in two years, that would mean. That's what's happening in front of everyone. That's why we just we just like to put it in perspective for you because it has seemed like it's moving slow. But that Tyreek Hill trade, like Mike said, indicates to you, Joe Douglas is ready. Everybody's ready for us to maybe wait and see what happens with Zach. He's ready to win now. He wants the Jets to be good now. He's not ready to wait around anymore. And I think he thinks he put the pieces in place to do that. That's right. I agree. Like we said, man, we know the draft capital this year is bonkers, which is great. We got two firsts. We got two seconds. We got a third. We got two fourths, guys. Okay. We know most of the NFL is made up of players that are drafted after the first and second round. So we're, we're ready to rock and roll here. Um, when it comes to Jets notes this week, if they landed Tyree Kill, this would have been a whole different episode. A whole different episode. Believe me, everybody. I know Jet Nation would have been going crazy. I know you said, Sammy, some of these newest signings to the squad have some nice things to say about our boy Zach Wilson in their introductory press conferences. Did they not? Yeah, so Jordan Whitehead was talking about a play where Zach Wilson throws the ball over two linebackers in between him and the corner on the sideline to Keelan Cole against the Tampa Bay Bucks in his rookie season. And he's like, you know, it just shows the type of arm strength and accuracy the kid has, uh, the type of quarterback he is mentally. CJ Uzmanzoa said, you know, he's an incredible talent. Um, I'm just hoping I can make him grow. I want to be a crutch for him out there on the field. And Conklin pretty much came out and said the same thing. He heard about his arm talent. He liked him coming out of college. 
It sounded like a perfect fit for him, and he's excited to help him grow and continue to be the, and he thinks he's going to make huge strides next year, right? So these guys, they're not coming from scrub quarterback teams either. Whitehead played with Brady, yeah. right? Um, Joe Burrow was CJ's quarterback. Kirk Cousins, say what you will about him, but he's decent, right? So um, these guys have played, they've been around. Um, so to hear them say such great things about Zach, I think is positive for us. Yeah, I mean, more so, that's true. And more so the fact that those are just the type of guys you kind of want in the locker room, right? To be around Zach, to be around the team, positive guys. I know CJ Uzama Ozama's known as that. Mike Mike sent me a bunch of videos of him. He seems like he's a tremendous leader in the locker room. If they came out and bashed Zach, that would have been awesome. That would have just been throwing a curveball to everybody. Imagine they imagine they came inside and were like, I don't know about this guy. That'd be a new one. Um, but I think what Sammy's what Sammy's getting at is when you have those type of guys in the locker room, positive guys, guys that see the good parts of Zach already. And they're ready to work with it to help him make better. I mean, you can't ask for more than that. Joe yeah, Douglas. no, no. And and let me. There's one other thing I wanted to say to you guys, and I don't think anyone's really talked about this. Um, and I, I again, I think Zach being a tremendous person and the whole locker room dynamic is just dope. And I think that JD not just with being fiscally responsible, but bringing in good people, right, leaders he's doing that he's doing exactly what he said and i just want to bring that back to the first topic with tyree kill tyree kill has an abuse charge mm. you guys remember that yeah before he got okay. drafted there's yeah. a video of it and you know we all you it was great what you brought up before when we were talking about gambling and and all that but like this dude like kicked his girl i don't even remember exactly what he did but he did that and we were going to bring this dude in as the highest paid receiver in New York City, right? With the Jets. That, you know, I, I question, does this man have, is his character correct? Because I could tell you guys, every, all of our listeners right now, like I know Keith, I know Sammy, I know Nick. None of them would hit a female. They wouldn't. I'm sorry. And look, I'm not trying to be a judgmental human being, but I... I do not respect men that put their hands on women. That is one thing that my father told me when I was very young. You do not hit women. Yeah, of course. Okay? Yeah. So the fact that, again, I don't know him and I don't know his situation, but the fact that he did that to me says a lot about his character. Um, and maybe JD, he wanted him, obviously, but maybe, maybe it was a good thing that he didn't come because maybe he wasn't the best character for that to that and you know within that locker room and you know could potentially have not you know had the dynamic not the way it should have been just to your point guys with about with zach and how good yeah. of a person he is so yeah I'm i just want to throw that in there no it's a great point i joked around along those lines with the wookie today that i guess the high character assessment or the high character part of the resume with the Jets is going out the window with the Tyreek Hill. Now, we don't know anybody personally. We don't know their situations. When he was at Oklahoma State, he beat and choked his pregnant girlfriend. Never a good look as a human being, right? Um, we all do stupid things when we're younger. Most of us maybe spray graffiti on a wall, right? Or stay out too late. We don't beat and choke our pregnant girlfriend as a human being. Um, he also potentially broke his kid's arm and never got in trouble for that for the NFL. So, like Mike said, maybe not the best guy, but it seems like these teams that do really well in the NFL, they have plenty of bad guys on their team, Mike. I'm sorry to say that because a lot of bad guys in the NFL here. And, you know, that's a tremendous segue, what we just finished off with. Bad guys in the NFL 
for this interview we have coming up here with Senor. Now, Senor has been trying to land Jamal Adams for a long time. We've had Flacco there, we've had Gaze, there's plenty of other people. Local cable channel there in Los Huevos with a lot of interviews you haven't heard from a lot of different people, guys. Uh, I'm excited to hear this. Now, Jamal Adams has not done an interview with us ever. It wants nothing to do with us, but him, him and Senor have a tight relationship. So, without any further ado, if you guys don't mind, let's just throw to this. We've been waiting for it, we promoted it. Senor Waivers, Jamal Adams, let's go. Como esta? And welcome to another edition of Los Huevos Nightly, hosted by your favorite professional athlete rehabilitation expert, the owner, president, and general manager of Los Huevos Resort and Casino, me! Senior Waivers, you know we had some huge stars on this show here before. Jet fans, of course, know that we had Joe Flacco in the building, Adam Gase was here not too long ago, Miguel and Xavier from the legendary Latin boy band Manudo, they have been in the house. Kanye West, of course, didn't do an interview here, but did use our studio to film his recent Pete Davidson hate video and left us a five-star review on Yelp, so thank you very much for that, Kanye. You may be breaking down mentally for the world to see, publicly stalking and harassing your ex-wife, but in my book, you are a wonderful human being who obviously cherishes family values. Forget all that, everyone. Today, we have a very special treat. One of the most anticipated interviews of all time, and one of the most controversial guests we have ever had on the show. The most overpaid player in the NFL by a large margin, former New York Jets safety Jamal Adams joins us today. Jamal, thank you very much, man. How you doing? I'm good. I have a lot of respect and love for you, brother. If it wasn't for you, man, I think the show would be nonsense. <laughs> you heard that, Mike? You heard that, Keith? Nonsense. They have Wookiee on every show. Now Keith's cousin Sammy has come out of the woodworks each week, so my time has become limited. It's bullshit. I know people want more signal. But once again, thank you for saying such nice words. No problem, man. I'm ready. I'm ready to, you know, talk with my guy. Yeah, start it off. Okay, Jamal, let's get into it, bro. You've been called immature, selfish, transparently phony, a drama queen, fake, an entitled snowflake. Whoa. Overrated. A self-centered clout chasing Gen Xer. And of course, a legend in your own mind. Um. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's not a question. I just wanted to let you know what uh, people have been saying about you. Uh, you, you know, uh, you know, that's your opinion. Well, it's not my opinion. To be fair, it's what most of the sports world thinks about you. Yes, but not my opinion. No, uh, Senor fully supports everything you did. Manipulating the situation with the Jets the second you didn't get that new contract. And you know, you end up making the Jets look like the bad guy. It was genius move for Jamal Adams' brand, to be honest. And Senor would have done the same exact thing. The great ones, they do that. Right on. Okay, so let's transition. I know you had a rough year 2021. No sacks. Which is really all you do well. You also were one of the lower rated safeties in the league. The Seahawks had their first losing season since 2011, so I have respect and admiration for the worth ethic this offseason in Los Huevos, guys. This man has turned off his social media, thrown away his phone, completely cut off all contact to the outside world, no idea what's going on with NFL trades, roster moves, team drama, 
He even has no clue what has been going on in Seattle or any of their most recent roster moves. Is that not true, Jamal? Yeah, man. Kudos to you, especially in this day and age. Absolutely amazing that you dedicate yourself to your craft in that way. But I do think it's time to break some news to you in regards to the Seattle Seahawks. And I'm very sorry to tell you this, but while you have been here in Los Huevos, the Seattle Seahawks traded Russell Wilson to the Broncos. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know it's hard. I know it's hard, Jamal. And on top of that, the current quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks is Drew Locke. Whoa, Jamal! Jamal! Jamal, are you okay? Okay, everybody. It looks like Jamal um has passed out from the shock of the news. Or maybe it's just the sheer irony of the situation. One or the other. We're gonna take five and see if we can revive him. Um, I know we have some smelling salt around here somewhere. Uh, and try to get Jamal back up and on his feet. And see if we can't finish this interview. We'll be right back. Do you feel like you're riding the bench of life? Do you feel like other people are more skilled, better looking, more intelligent? Do you feel like a scrub? Want to change that? Come to Los Huevos Resort and Casino. We've been rehabilitating scrubs for over a hundred years. The best in the business. Okay, everybody, welcome back. I want to thank Jamal for continuing the interview. You do not have to do this. I really appreciate it. Um, the fact that you feel comfortable enough around me to put yourself in that vulnerable place where you cried for so long. I mean, it's been 45 minutes since we stopped the interview. We're back now, finally on the right track. I want to thank you so much for that. I know it's hard to continue. You've been very open and honest about the amazing culture in Seattle and your admiration for Russell Wilson. Now, I know you're a man of big emotions. I should not have poured it on when I threw that Drew Locke information on there. That was not right. I'm sorry. I saw you switch off mentally when I said that. That's my bad. Thank you for showing me that side of Jamal Adams and showing the listeners as well. Not too many people uh, really seen that um, because I, I'm always, you know, kind of hiding behind a, you know, a, a mirror, should I say. Wow. Just wow, Jamal. That is a surprisingly honest and shockingly deep self-assessment. I believe transparently phony is one of the things people use to describe you. So that pretty much lines up exactly with that. So I appreciate you sharing that. And like I said, sharing that side of you. If I could just point out for a moment a little bit of irony here. Seattle traded a ton of assets to get you. Then after doing that, had to use a huge chunk of the salary cap space to sign you. Which put them in a position where they basically had to trade Russell Wilson away from the team. And release some other Seattle legends to make this all happen. This is Shakespearean level irony here unfolding before us. Let me ask, do all your quotes about Seattle's amazing culture and all the love that you seemingly had with that team. Do they seem silly right now considering they just blew up? The entire team to sign you. Oh no, he's getting upset again. Here we go. When you have that culture, when you have that family. Here come the tears. Right? Cafeteria guys feel important. Cafeteria guys, what are you talking about right now? Like it was literally walked in. I felt love. I felt. 
Um, it's okay, collect yourself. Collect yourself and continue, it's fine. I felt... Love. This guy has to be kidding me right this now. This is how they're supposed to take care of you. This is the dream that I was dreaming. <laughs> the dream that you're dreaming has come to a screeching halt here. You got your money, but ironically, trading for and then siding you led to the downfall of the entire Seattle Seahawks run they've been on for over a decade, so great work there on your part. Real quick, getting serious, Jamal. I know you're an advocate for mental health issues when it's convenient to your own narrative when trying to create sympathy and take the focus off your own immature childish behavior. Very shrewd move by you. I know that Russell Wilson news was tough. You've had a little time to let it bounce around your noggin. Think about it. Maybe you can just put the listeners in your headspace when I delivered the news to you about Drew Locke, the future for the Seattle Seahawks, the probable chance your team will be a dumpster fire for many years to come. It did look like you wanted to cause some self-harm there, so um, I'm just checking in on your mental state. Was it was a was a dark it was a dark place. Nothing suicidal, uh, but I was still in a dark place, man. They gave seventy million dollars to the sixty-second ranked safety in the NFL, then traded away one of the best QBs in the league. Seahawks fans are probably in a dark place, also trading a future Hall of Fame Super Bowl quarterback and giving guaranteed money to a garbage safety. That is a strange business approach, to say the least. That would be like firing Morgan Stanley as your financial advisors to free up money to bring Flavor Flav on board in a corporate position. I mean, it just does not make business sense at all. Jamal, I can tell this interview has taken an emotional toll on you, but look, I will lose all respect as a journalist if I don't keep it real with my guests. You know how this man, I have a certain reputation to uphold here in Los Huevos. I'm thinking right now, we hit the pause button, we grab a drink, relax, reset, maybe come back and go at this again tomorrow with a clean slate. What do you say? Tom, you want you want to sip some hand dog, man? We can do that, man. Let's go sip that hand dog on the beach or something, man. It's been a while since old senor was sipping on that henny, but I'm ready to get turned up tonight, Jamal. Let's do this. I'll call this part one of the Jamal Adams interview, everybody. Jamal, once again, thank you for your time. You already know, man. It's much love over here, man. I appreciate you, buddy. Senior waivers, Jamal Adams. Apparently, he didn't even know Russell Wilson wasn't a Seahawk anymore. And I hope he's okay. I'm not a big fan of Jamal Adams anymore. I, I hate to see him in such an emotional place. I know he has big, giant emotions. Mental health is nothing to joke around about, guys. I never would, personally, ever make a joke about anyone's mental health. Michael, I know you're a big fan of Senor. His interviews have been great. Was this not the best of them all so far? This is the Mona Lisa. Okay, listen, to our fans... You guys know, if you want to know what Los Huevos is, what is Senor, look, every team has to cut players. They go to waivers, right? Those scrubs that he speaks of, they go to a place called Los Huevos. And in Los Huevos, Senor manages and rehabilitates them. And sometimes they come back like Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is a great. I mean, Joe Flacco is one of the most important yeah. players in the history of Los Huevos. This interview is fantastic and tremendous. And Senior only interviews people who he sees in the future as stars in Los Huevos. Because Jamal Adams, you guys see it coming. I don't know what year it's coming, but I know he's setting himself up for another wing 
in Los Huevos. Yeah. And now Joe Flacco, I mean, he has hospitals, everything named after him in Los Huevos. He's probably going to run for political office there at some point. Flacco's he, like the bane of Los Huevos. Like, he got out of the pit. If you want hard-hitting journalism, you you have to listen to Senor. Yeah. That, that's mean, just... I mean, who, who else so far that you've seen? I know he went on his press tour for 18 months complaining and whining and bitching and moaning about the Jets. No one else got him to open up like that. Let's no. be real. No one else got yeah. him to cry. I know the Russell Wilson news and the Drew Locke news is probably heavy on him. Just considering Keith, how sad old... he was when he was losing here with the Jets, how he had depression, how it made him so sad because he's such a winner, right? He made that perfectly clear. He's a winner. Everyone else isn't. I need to get out of here. And then you go to Seattle and you're going to stink, dude. So, I mean, that's that's got to be tough. That, that's got to be tough for anyone. Mike, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Please No, 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 no. I was, I was, I was going to interrupt you. I was just saying that the only one that I know that Senor opens up like that, too, the way he was, you know, talking with Jamal and how they had that type of communication is Wookie. Oh, absolutely. Wookie, he, I don't know what it is about him and Senor, but they are just... I mean, it's inseparable. Pals, down there. Yeah, I mean, they're kindred spirits. It is what it is. And Wookie's yeah. Wookie doesn't go down there because Wookie's a scrub. Not at all. Wookie's a legend at everything he does. Just every no, once I'll in a just, while. I get into a little real estate down there with. Uh, exactly. With, I helped him out. I helped him set up a couple things there, some storage places. <laughs> Wookie's um, like, I flew in a couple different planes. Don't worry about what was in them. You know, it was, cestus, it was in international waters. <laughs> and the mutual hatred of dolphins as well. I feel like. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and that's one thing that obviously when Senor, Senor could have got into this, but it was prior to um, him knowing the information about Tyreek Hill going to the Dolphins or else that would have been a, that would have been a blast. Oh, also. That's all we have for you this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. We hope you enjoyed the Senor interview. Next week coming up, we're going to start taking a look at these positional groups we're going to be attacking in the draft. Now, I know Mel Kuyper said we're going wide receiver at four. I don't see that happening. I don't want to put words in any of the squad. Here's mouth, but you know, we were all chatting. That'd be a, that'd be a surprise to me. But we're going to look at receiver. We're going to look at edge. We're going to take a, a sp uh, we're going to take a deep dive into these groups the next couple weeks, guys. And just kind of give you some of the options like we did last year. We talked about Zach. We talked about Justin Fields. Guys, some options before the drafts. So you're as informed as possible when the Jets head in there. So, Michael, if anyone does want to get at us, support us, or be involved in the ABG world in any way, shape, or form, how can they do that? Guys, we're on YouTube. Please like please subscribe we really really appreciate it love all the activity there we are on facebook at aebg dot jets radio on twitter at aebg underscore nyj podcast and on instagram at jet dot aebg you heard the man on behalf of the biggest jet fan in the state of texas on behalf of the big stinking wookie nicholas cronk and on behalf of the number one high school football coach in the nation today my newly married cousin samuel Hare. my name's keith farrell get you next week everybody peace out